0: Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Kyle McLaughlin on David Lynch, Twin Peaks, and damn it, more David Lynch. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. This is a Twin peaks a show.
1: That rolls off the tongue. Yeah,
0: I struggle. I think I just broke a rib. Yeah. Um, uh, another um, special episode for you guys uh, this week. Uh, I couldn't resist bringing in Kyle MacLachlan. You know, Sammy, you know I'm this obsessed. Is, you
1: have been trying to have this interview for months.
0: I really have. As soon as Twin Peaks started like um, approaching, I started to uh, make efforts to get Kyle you in You
1: rewatched here. all the old ones. You're like in it. i in it.
0: Twin Peaks um and so you know spoiler warning uh, it's best if you've seen the new episodes of Twin Peaks um, before listening to this, I would advise that maybe wait if you're catching up, and then return to us after you've caught up, because um, he, we do talk about some kind of like recent spoilery stuff. But generally speaking, uh, this is a lovely conversation about uh, with an actor who's had a very unique collaboration with one of our most um, fantastic, idiosyncratic filmmakers, Mr. David Lynch. Uh, Kyle MacGawhlin made his film debut in Dune. Which, we're staring at a poster on my desk that has been autographed by Kyle McLaughlin of Dune. Yeah.
1: And you're it's like he has all these weird uh office supplies on it to, to keep it from rolling up.
0: Okay. Just so you know, <laughs> Kyle was the one that helped decide like how to like oh, keep he it. He was
1: like, put this stapler literally, on this corner and this computer on this <laughs> corner. Wow, you can't move it. It's his art. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, I don't often get paraphernalia autographs I know it's a little maybe a little gauche mm-hmm. but doing was a big one for me
1: as I'm sitting here there are three autograph posters <laughs> behind Josh just so everybody oh, knows you have no oh oh there's another oh that's not an honor auto... I guess that's an autographed poster but bit. it's that
0: was different yeah
1: it, we're, yeah we're talking about a Chris Pratt autograph that's, but it's not okay we've got Kurt Russell autograph okay, okay. Here... yeah but no not a lot
0: I have a lot more in storage. Got it.
1: <laughs> Got it. So this is rare for you. Okay. All to say. My point
0: is I'm a big fan of Kyle's. I'm a big fan of David Lynch. And when you put the two of them together, it's gold. Uh, mm-hmm. Dune was his film debut. Uh, he, of course, uh, was in Blue Velvet. And then um, mm-hmm. the television phenomenon that was Twin Peaks. Uh, and now it's returned with 18 new hours of um, bizarreness and, and wonder. And it's concluding this Sunday with a two-hour finale. I will certainly be watching, and uh, no spoilers for that. Don't worry. He can't even talk about what happens in the finale. I was so. going to
1: say, well, did you get to like watch it before no, no, this? No,
0: no. there was this is under such lock and key. Kyle hasn't even seen the, the last two hours.
1: What? No way. <laughs> he didn't even read the script. They added the lines after. <laughs> exactly.
0: CGI did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is a conversation that's very much about his collaboration with David Lynch and the films they made together, and touches on some other stuff as well. Of course, Portlandia. No, I'm sorry, we didn't cover Sex
1: and the City. Oh, cool. No, no one cares about he, Sex and okay, the City. I'll, you I know? will say
0: this: he, he, he mentioned it. He, he did bring up Sex and the City briefly.
1: Thank you, Kyle. What? Thank not, you. I watched Sex. He in the knows City. what we want. <laughs> I watched
0: it on and off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're the exact demo for Sex in the City, so that's fine. Yeah, I was more of a mind of the Married Man. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't even know what you're talking <laughs> you about. Don't
1: know that show? Literally, I that have was no idea. HBO show. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: anyway, okay. Without any further ado, let's go right to it. This is Kyle MacLachlan, uh talking about some of my favorite films and one of my favorite filmmakers, David Lynch and uh, the bizarreness, the majesty that is Twin Peaks. Here's Kyle. Well, this is an exciting treat because I've got Kyle McLaughlin in my office. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great pleasure to meet you, uh, to talk to you today. Um, I was just telling you I've been uh, looking forward to this for a while because I've, uh, I've always admired your work, especially uh, the amazing collaboration, a very unique collaboration you've had with David Lynch over the last... Uh, you know what? Close to we're approaching what twenty five oh, years my gosh, at least well, more twenty five yeah. years. Yeah, so
2: we started in eighty three with Dune. Yeah, so thirty four.
0: I was going to say so. For, sick, that's a long time. That's crazy, and it's and uh, to have it with that kind of a filmmaker, as you well know, is um, it's a a little luck involved, some yeah. skill, a little bit of everything.
2: No, it's definitely. I think it's definitely uh, kismet. You know, and we met um, in eighty three, and and. um just uh somehow it just seemed like the right collaboration yeah and which is and i'm I, i'm just a kid out of school you know i have no no idea where i was going what i was doing well i i, I had a pretty good idea but i just th- I, this what, what happened was unexpected
0: so I, I want to, I want to get into a lot of things, including Dune, because I was I was eight years old when I saw Dune in a the theater. And it, and, and, and Perfect age. It, and it was honestly I I I, I unironically love that film. It, it it affected me in a, in a, in a profound way uh, back then. And uh, cool. but but I'm curious. I want to talk about that. But I'm curious. Like you referenced this. I mean, you obviously wanted to be an actor. You were already endeavoring to be an actor. You've been acting at least mm-hmm. locally on a local level, right? Back
2: home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I started, uh, you know, doing high school plays. And then when I got to college i t- attempted to try and find something legitimate and, um, all roads just continued to lead back to drama theater. And there just happened to be a wonderful training program at the university of Washington while I was there Gotcha. that was specifically geared to train actors for the stage for, um, to do repertory theater. And so it wasn't a drama degree per se where you do costumes and you do lighting and you learn about the history. This was acting. So three years, intense study, and then they release you like a seed pod into the wilderness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kind of like that. And you hope for a really good breeze to carry you far. Yeah. Um, And I... I lucked out.
0: So but what inspired you to even get to go into a program like that? Because it wasn't in your family. It wasn't in, in, at, at all, to my knowledge. So no. what kind of sparked the interest?
2: Um, you know, my my mom was really a big influence on that. Um, initially, um, with a lot of resistance from me, because she very community-involved and um, believed firmly in... in kids having the opportunity to experience the arts, in particular, drama, music, those kind of things. So she got herself involved in the teen theater program in my hometown, which I thought sounded sort of lame. Um, And so she coerced me to come down and you know, after the first evening spending time with kids from different schools and particularly women, girls at that age, <laughs> not women yet, girls uh, kind of hanging out, having to be in the same room without an excuse uh, was a big appeal as well. So it started as a social thing and making friends and having fun. And yeah. and I also found that I, I, I enjoyed it and and I felt even then that I, I had a, there was maybe that you had something, something yeah. that was... That was setting me apart somehow. I couldn't define it, but it was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I like it, and I think I'm good at this. Um, and, of course, when you're at that age, you're trying to find your identity. So sure. to me, that was what it was. Some guys were great at the football team. Some guys, you know, great sports, whatever, other artists, whatever it was. This was sort of shaping up to be my thing.
0: And, and among all the fields, this allows you to, to try out a few different identities, the the profession of acting. Yeah, which that sort of the,
2: the, the understanding of the appreciation, I should say, of that came later. Um, as I got more and more into the actual training, as opposed to just sort of, yeah. you know, doing a play or you know trying to figure out what I was, you know, what was going on. So, what were you? Were you?
0: Were there things that were coming down the pike for you beyond before you met David and, and Dune came around? I mean, were you up for a lot of things? And because Dune was literally the first film, right? It
2: was the first film. No, I was. Um, my, my, the trajectory for me was I graduated from from the college training program. Uh, with a BFA in acting, <laughs> as my diploma reads. <laughs> I went to work at Ashland, the Shakespeare Festival, and I did Romeo and the Boy in Henry V and Octavius Caesar in Julius Caesar. So I had, straight out of school, I went to the Shakespeare Festival and did that for a season, and I came back from there and worked in Seattle uh, on a Moliere Tartuffe. Mm-hmm. And it's while I was doing Tartuffe that the casting agent that they had sent, a junior casting agent, actually was sent to Seattle to look for. They were in search for an unknown to play the role of Paul atreides. that mm. was the big thing then, and so they were doing a city a nationwide search you know star search <laughs> 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 It wasn't quite bad, but I probably had it probably had echoes of that but um and so they put me on tape uh, Elizabeth Lustig's her name and she put me on tape, and David saw it and
0: said, at, "Oh, I should meet him at what point so yeah, do you recall that first meeting with David?
2: Yeah, definitely. We were at universal on the on the back lot um and i had no no knowledge of los angeles whatsoever i was in seattle we flew i flew down they flew me down from seattle I remember it was rainy and cold in Seattle because I think it was late, late December mm-hmm. um, of 82. And uh, suddenly I'm in sunny Southern California. <laughs> I was like, this is really nice. <laughs> and we drove from LAX to Universal. I had no idea how, how that worked. And then um, onto the back lot, and there I was uh, waiting for David to come back from Bob's Big Boy, his of course. traditional uh, daily uh, routine of lunch at Bob's and uh, in his office. And I sat and talked. We talked for about half an hour, I guess. And Rafaela came in. Um, yeah. Rafael De Laurentiis, yeah. who was a producer on the film. And uh, David and I just sort of talked about what it was like to live in the Northwest, because mm. he was from up there as well. And uh, at the end of the conversation, he handed me this very, very large script and said, there's, you know, there's four or five scenes I want you to learn and come back in a few days and screen test. And I was like, okay. I didn't, I didn't know what a screen test was. I, I had no idea how I was going to make that happen. But I said, sure, great. And I flew back home and, and did the play that night in Seattle and then came back a few days later.
0: It's interesting. And you talk about sort of those early experiences of doing a bunch of Shakespeare. It probably behooved you well for something like Dune, which has like that kind of a, it's, it's an amazing yeah. arc for a character. Yeah. Say what you, if you have, you know, the arguments about the film, regardless of the book, um, you got to play like from like a spoiled brat to a king essentially yeah. and yeah. that's that's a unique opportunity for a young
2: actor david felt like i was able to do both of those things spoiled brat certainly but <laughs> <laughs> the king was still in question um it was also a book that i grew up with so yeah. i was really familiar i'd read it thousands not thousands of times but you know at least 10 times so i knew it inside backwards and forwards and uh, inside out and i was um Every, I think every kid my age sort of felt like they were Paul, you right. know. So that was, um, I felt like, well, of course this should happen, you know. and This, this makes this makes complete sense to me. <laughs> um, but it was um, it was David that really saw the the potential in there. I, you know, I had no idea. i really, I was really green when I first started. It's just fascinating
0: to think about because what well, you got shot
2: in Mexico City, right? That's correct,
0: and. Um, You've probably never been on a set like that since, frankly. Like, few people have.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, It's funny you say that because I, th- I always think of it as, uh, like, kind of the last remnants of, uh, of the kind of film. practical sets and it was yes, thousands were. of extras probably or hundreds exactly. at least. I no, mean. it was huge production that way. and uh, And they were, as you said, practical, full sound stages that were filled to the edge with the... With the inf- With the structure right? yeah. we were working in, like the emperor 's palace, for right. example, um, and yeah, I think the only thing that sort of rivaled it maybe and not really was the doors, sure. just in terms of kind of like that the giant machinery that rolls on, you know and yep. you feel like you 're this little cog that's sort of participating in this massive massive undertaking you know
0: what did uh, at the time in that production did it feel like um was David frustrated? I mean, did you set sense that thing? I mean, you had nothing to refer it to or compare it to true, at the time, true. but at the same time, I'm, I'm just fascinated on a number of levels. You're working with people like, you know, Patrick Stewart and Jose Ferrer, like these kind of like, they've been around the block. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, to, to, people like you and Virginia, et cetera, who are, and Sean, who are very young, uh, green. Yeah. Um, just like what was the atmosphere on set like when did when did people start to kind of like realize there was right. a pro- there might be a problem for right. her in what in any respect
2: we, you know it was um for me I, I mean you're right i have nothing to i had nothing to compare it to and it seemed pretty like this is how it's done um you know and i filmed for about 7 months and then um, my work, with my part of mine was done. I did some reshoots when we came. Maybe when we were coming back and, and, and we were coming back for reshoots mm-hmm. and I saw that they were trying to um, explain maybe right. or make a little clearer certain things and um, that I maybe got a sense that, ah, maybe, but but not really. I, I mean, I think I was listening to what everyone was t- telling me, which is going to be, this is going to change your life, your career, you know, you're everything is going to be different, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, and I had to wait a good year and a half before it actually came into the theater, so, right. and it was nothing, I couldn't do anything between the wrap of Dune and, and the release of Dune uh, contractually, I couldn't do a film or television. Wow. Um, that was one they of things. They wanted thing- to
0: preserve kind of the uniqueness. The stuff, animi-
2: you know. anonymity, sure. And so I was like, okay. I, and I just took it. was like, okay, fine. I'll go do. I'll do play again. I'll go do theater. You right. know, which I did. Um, but it, but I didn't bank anything, right? You know, there's always the hedge. You know, um, and you got to bank a couple things just in case. You know. Um, and so that was probably that. That was the led led to some one of the more difficult times, which is when Dune came out. Obviously, not successful. Um, and I had an agent, I had a good agent yeah. and, and I had done a film and that was pretty much my calling card. That was, <laughs> I, I hadn't made anybody any money and right. I hadn't, I didn't have any real strong relationships, uh, because this was the first. So I started, I wasn't certainly from ground zero, but it was, um, just kind of starting again.
0: And luckily, or not so luckily, that that collaboration obviously worked so well, at least between the two of you, again, say what you will about the film if you if you love it or hate it, um, because you re-teamed soon thereafter for Blue Velvet. Yeah,
2: right. and bless David for coming back to me, really, yeah. and giving me another shot. He had given me the script while filming Dune. I think he felt like this is something he wanted to do with me. Mm. Um, and I had some hesitations because of the graphic nature of it, obviously, and... Yeah. Um, and it, again i just completely knew this so i went from dune to blue velvet those are boy yeah. Yeah, pretty extreme different types of types of um films and um but i i th- thought the script had great power yeah. in the, of blue velvet you know and i thought and david came back to me and um and that sort of started things again and in in a different path than the you know, movie star, blockbuster, right. sci-fi hero. It was a different route. And for him as well. Yes. Um,
0: I mean, it's interesting. I expect you don't have these kind of conversations with David, but like I'm. you can kind of understand why he gravitated towards an actor like you or even, in, I think of Blue Velvet, I think of Laura Dern, um, because especially in that kind of film, it, it trades off sort of like image and sort of like perception versus reality. Like mm-hmm. you guys are kind of like the most wholesome looking, yeah. you know, um, uh, actors you could, you could imagine. And there, but there's so much more going on for both your characters and for, for you as individuals, I'm mm. sure. And I, I mean, I'm curious, like having worked with him a bunch and, and seen the way he operates and the kind of actors that, he, that respond well to him and he responds well to Do you have a sense of sort of like what he's looking for in actors or the kind of actors that he, enjoys being around because it is an eclectic. I mean, you just look at the cast of, of this mm-hmm. latest incarnation of the Twin Peaks. It's just yeah. fascinating to see the kind of the, the different kinds of actors that he yeah. attracts and yet it all kind of works together. In yeah. some amazing now, I think way. his
2: genius is casting. I mean, that's one of the many things about him, sure. the genius. Um, and I, um, I, f- I feel, and I've, and I've, I've heard, I've heard this spoken and I think it's true is that he really, he paints with his actors. So he's first an artist and then a filmmaker, I Mm. think. And, um, so we are his, we're his palette that he's assembled. And from that he will then, you know, create this, this moving image. Um, and I couldn't tell you what, what his criteria are, to be honest. Mm. Um, I mean, all the people that I work with are decent people. They're, they're all incredibly talented. And if, and usually in many different areas. So right. their photography or something, they have other things that they do besides acting. Um, but I think, honestly, I think David just responds to the, the who they are as people. Mm. And he does not audition using scenes that I, I've ever heard of. Maybe, maybe it's happened, but I've, I'm not aware of it. He meets like he did for me the first time with Dune. He meets, yeah. he talks with you, he spends a little bit of time with you, gets a sense of who you are, and I think either he gets a, he just gets a feeling, I think, yeah. and says, yeah, I, think I, or I see them here, or I see them there. And and he has no worry about whether or not you'll be able to, one would be able to successfully do the role, he just knows that you can, you know, right. and, and because of that belief and that support, um, we all believe it.
0: Do, do you think, I'm curious, you know, I've actually had the opportunity once or twice to talk to him, not in recent years, but back when, even when Inland Empire, he came into MTV and it was a real treat for me to talk to him. Oh. But, he, but he he certainly has a, a cult of mystery about him and he, and he doesn't like to talk specifically about no. what things mean, etc. Do you think, does he enjoy that, like that the cults around him, does he cultivate that? Do you have any sense of that? Or is that just like, that's literally just what he is? I think it's what he is. Yeah. I
2: mean, over the years, I, I've i asked, asked that same question and I just feel like um, he's inspirational to me in that way uh, because he follows his... He follows his... Uh, muse isn't the right word because that sort of assumes it's something outside of him, but it's whatever that inner voice is in him, the, the idea he talks about, the idea being the most important thing and you serve the idea. Yeah. And I... Looking back through his career, I, I, I mean, he's he's done it pretty much the way he has wanted to do it. There have been times, of, I think, where he's found himself in situations that are that were challenging, but he, you know, he's done it, and yeah. uh, it's remarkable, actually, Look, on his own in his own terms. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What um, what was the first? Discussion or thing you read uh, of Twin Peaks for the, the initial incarnation, like how was Cooper described to you in script form or verbally by uh, by David
2: in the first one, in yeah. the first eighty
0: nine and
2: ninety. Yeah. Um, he was pretty much on the page, to be honest. He was re- described physically, obviously the suit and everything, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't didn't take a lot. Um, you know, uh, being around David and, and, and getting, you know, knowing him and that his energy. And I, you know, I use that with Cooper, the enthusiasm there and the the positivity, um, and the, um, absolute focus on certain experiences, uh, smells, sounds, tastes, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that was all kind of within my wheelhouse, to be honest, um, and then it just he he coop developed out of the relationships with, with michael onkeen, you know the that dynamic, how really different we were, and yet how we worked together, um, Miguel Ferrer, the late Miguel Ferrer, same thing, just kind of how who is Coop based upon Albert, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. so I found the character also in just the relationships that I had with different with um, different characters, um, and it was it was good. There there were times when I went on in directions that um, you know. I look back on it, and I, I I still hadn't had much experience when we did Twin Peaks. I mean, I'd done Dune, Blue Velvet, The Hidden, I right. guess, and I I never remember if the doors if I filmed the doors before or after we filmed <laughs> Twin Peaks. Right around, it's right around there, <laughs> it's right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a little um, movie Unforgotten that should be well. I'll never say that, but it's. Um, um I think it was called Don't Tell Her It's Me or something. Okay. It's sort of a crazy who knows <laughs> if anyone will ever find it. <laughs> um but uh it hadn't done a lot and certainly no television. So to be honest, it television and film, it wasn't with David directing, it was no difference. Sure. You know, it's faster. But there you know, it was no difference. Um so um but I still felt pretty green trying to figure it out you know yeah, yeah so what's what's striking
0: and oh, many things are striking about the kind of the initial Twin Peaks phenomenon one one aspect is just like the uh the quickness of it like how quickly it ascended and then yeah. like by the two seasons it's gone and, yep. and it, it was just crazy and yep. I'm just like does it feel when you look back on on that initial two seasons was it did it happen in the blink of an eye or did it feel like because um, I know that there, there's been talk, like you know, David. I think went off and made one of his films mm-hmm. for during the second season. He came mm-hmm. back and he directed the maybe the last episode or two.
2: Yeah, um, he directed a, cu- a couple of the second season as we were going through. Mark directed a couple of um, right. the second season. Um, it was a, a little. Uh, it was yeah, it was unusual in that we shot all the first season, which were, and again, I remember if there were seven or if there were six plus a two hour or right, what right. it was exactly. I should know. Um, all before it ever went to air, so those were all banked, and um, we were like, "Okay, well, they bought more than the pilot, so that's great, that's a good sign." But but no, really response. So all the stuff that happened was during the hiatus right. when it was rolled out, and people went crazy for it. Um, and this was back at a time when there wasn't as much, certainly no social media, and there there the only outlets where you really got a sense of what was happening. Um, what Were sort of sort of major publications, and I think maybe Premier magazine at yeah, that time. Yeah. So there's just yeah. a couple, yeah, Rolling yeah. Stone, was doing. sure. But suddenly we were all getting called to do covers or pictures, yeah. and if we women on Rolling Stone, I mean, it was like all oh, this craziness. And it was just like, wow, this is very very strange. This but is what Dune was supposed to be. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dune had a, Dune had a lot, and then nothing. Um, so we went into the second season, I guess, um, everybody with an awareness that, oh, wow, we got, you know, this is a show that's very, very, very popular, and, and we were all excited about it, and, and, um, David and Mark, I think, uh, I mean, I, I can't speak for them, I, I don't, and I, to be honest, I, I remember kind of, but it felt to me like they had kind of made this pilot, and, no one really thought it would go further, and they had things to do. Right. They weren't necessarily interested in running a show, neither of them. Um, and I felt like, well, um, they assembled a group of writers and everyone, and, and we we had guest directors, really talented guest directors, and they felt like, oh, let's, that's where the show's going to go now and should be fine, you know? Mm. Um, and, of course, it kind of became more and more... Um, Unstable and 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 as it trying to find its way and you know once you, it's difficult I think as a, uh, when you have a writing staff and they're they've kind of charted everything out at the beginning of the season uh, to come in and really mess with that it's yep. like you've sort of spent a lot of time and effort at least trying to find a way to through this and they were writing as they were going and um, it ultimately you know. Collapsed, um,
0: and, and in the wake of that, David of course comes back for for fire walk with me, and and by that t- time it seems like, you know, there had been a lot of joy for you and kind of like the ascent, and then it got a little complicated th- thanks right. to uh, the fact the, the the what you just described, right. and the fact that maybe, incorrect if I'm wrong, you're already starting to feel like oh God, like Cooper's great, Cooper's great, but like typecasting like this this could follow. Right. this could follow me right is that is that accurate I think to that say there a little
2: are, bit? i think there were certainly <clears throat> i think certainly some of that um in that he was as you said he's such an identified identifiable character um so um the part of the movement was to to go from the suit to to become a, like a citizen of the town whatever yeah. and that was the direction that they wanted to go in, and I was like, "Okay, okay, great. Let's try him out of the suit." And in hindsight, of course, you realize once his suit's off, and he sort of becomes right—he's like, well, "He's no longer Cooper." <laughs> so, um, you know, the, all the things that we learned—I um, think—in the first go-around um, were what were well, some of the things that we learned were, were then um, revisited in Fire Walk with Me, mm-hmm. but also remembered, I think, for the. Season what we're calling season three or Twin Peaks. It's not really the return, but it's the next Twin Peaks, whatever it is, um, whatever they're going to call it. So um, those lessons, I think, um, in particular, David and Mark writing all 18 hours and David directing all 18 hours. And that really is... What the takeaway I think was from the first one,
0: and that was that was the drum I was beating in the, like the six months leading into the return, the return, the these new eighteen episodes. Like I kept like on Twitter, like just reminding folks, like every other week, being like, just remember there are eighteen hours of David Lynch product coming towards us. <laughs> like, like it's been a while, but uh-huh. he did it all. Like it, yeah. it was just it was unfathomable, and it has not disappointed. And I want to I want to start to talk a little bit about yeah. this. Um, this new season and the, these amazing performances that you you've delivered, Thank you. but um, but, but first, I mean, yeah, and we don't have time to like literally talk about everything, and there there's certainly some films in particular that I, I really adore of yours. Trigger Effect, I think, is actually a really under, oh,
2: underrated film. Thanks, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a, a, an attempt to uh, tell an interesting story David Kep, yeah. director uh, screenwriter one, uh, one the of the biggest stars on the planet yeah. yeah who i just ran into not too long ago oh, yeah. in London yeah and uh, i hadn't seen him for years and years it looked good but the same <laughs> um so um and uh, Dermot Mulroney and elizabeth Shue, yeah so we were and the and the idea was great and i think um david Kep did a nice job with it um i think the um what it was trying to say uh was was realized maybe i don't know you know it's one of those things where you sort of say oh, what could it have been done, done differently but yeah. but it was a great idea i think
0: i think i think it does work um but it, i guess one of the questions i have in kind of like this the intermittent kind of years like one of the things that strikes me is like we've talked a lot about this relationship with david so earlier in your career mm. you didn't work together until again until this new incarnation of twin peaks which right. is kind of surprising to me i mean was right. there any like It was bad blood, too strong a word. Did you guys ever talk? Or did you yourself say, like, why isn't he calling for any of these other very interesting projects? I mean...
2: I didn't. We've had a friendship all the way through. And I just... I never wanted to... I, I always wanted David to find the voice of the person that he needed for the... Canvas that he was again going talking to, about what you were talking about before, yeah. like trusting and that yeah. he, he knows what he needs in this. And I viewer. and I sort of felt that, um, you know, Blue Velvet was a very particular kind of thing, and he saw me for that. Um, Twin Peaks, obviously, for Cooper, and I think perhaps even for David. And I think this might be true. He's like, I'm Cooper, you know, and after that experience the other work that he did um, couldn't be Cooper somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I always thought uh, because we, we were, we were fine. We visited so much. It's been very fun to watch Laura Dern, who they started on Blue Velvet, become um, his, his muse, you know, a female muse. And, uh, and we share now and, to work together on certain yeah, it's basically. like to be able to work together, on and that not was...
0: only not just, not just any
2: character. I mean, the fact that she's right, Diane, right, which was genius like, when <laughs> I first heard that. They didn't tell I didn't know that for a long time in the filming, and then they sort of, you know, revealed it to me.
0: And, and then, yeah, even in the, in the watching of it, uh, as you well know, like no one has known anything like from episode to episode. There was a lot of conjecture like out there, like wait, we, we keep hearing about you know, Diane. Could it be her? Could it? Be? And it was just yeah, and no, I saw it that worked. on
2: social media too, and I was like, <laughs> wait, wait for it. You guys are in for such a treat.
0: <laughs> so. Okay, so let's start to talk a little bit about this this new inc- incarnation. Um, mm. uh, we, we can talk about everything up until the, the finale, which as we tape this and as we release this, is uh, we're about to get mm. the last two hours, but hey, there's still plenty to talk to, and I'm happy I'm talking to you after at least the last week's episode. Right, which, right. Which was, uh, uh, I found really like emotional and moving, and like, right. it's, it's actually, I think the only episode I've, I've, I've come back and watched again, because there's just so many, so many moments that I, I just really enjoyed, and really very much about the return of Coop. Yeah. Um, but, you 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 know, you play three different characters, essentially, yeah. this season. Um, so, uh, God, there's a lot to ask about. <laughs> I didn't even know where to start. We could do an hour on Dougie. <laughs> I love Dougie. Who doesn't love Dougie? Who doesn't love Dougie? Come on. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: hoping for some Halloween costumes with Dougie this year. I know you like a good Halloween costume. Yeah, I do. I'm a big, big supporter. Well, and, and then shared with my son, I think I've always liked Halloween, and he sort of, like, amped it up for me. So <laughs> He's nine, so he's, you know, perfect <laughs> He skews perfect for Halloween. <laughs> um, so
0: he presented to you, I, I know you are probably the only actor, I think, in the cast, maybe that he did give you the entire scope of the series to or the all the, all the scripts, et cetera. I think
2: so. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, I, my, the initial contact with the script was, just, was actually going to the production office, sitting and reading and leaving the script there. So I, I spent five or six hours um, with many cups of coffee. I think I even had a pot of coffee. <laughs> um, going through and, and was just just mesmerized all the way through. It was great. It was 500 pages, but what a great read. Had
0: he he already told you, like, Coop's not coming in until 15 hours? (laughs) Don't get get too excited about that. Yeah,
2: no, I knew um, um, that it was going to be a while. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but at that time, I had uh, signed on for nine nine episodes. Right, because it it was... yeah, Yeah, I think it was nine. So, it didn't seem like such a long time to wait. Right. Um, And obviously became double that. Um, And I too felt the pressure, you know, just certainly over social media, um, just of of people were, I mean, it it was a gamble, I guess, although I don't know if David felt that way, but the fact that Cooper doesn't appear until right near the end um, I knew it was coming and I, tr- I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, say anything that would give that away, um, to people. I yeah. wanted to, but I, I just, I said, no, I got to hold it tight and hope that people just stay the course. Um, but what happened was interesting was that people began to like fall in love with Dougie and sort of like, oh gosh. Totally. Dougie, if Coop comes back, what happens to Dougie? So then there was this, <laughs> totally, oh, no, what do we do? Um, which was so fun, he, which was kind of an unexpected, yeah. I didn't I didn't really anticipate that would happen. So, the moment he started
0: sta- standing in the elevator the wrong way, I fell in love with Dougie.
2: Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> there was some beautiful physical comedy stuff that to, needed to be played absolutely straight, which we did, um, without any kind of a wink or continuing right. to the camera. And... Um, and it really, really paid off. It was quite, a, quite a lesson in, in patience, really, I'm for sure. me. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, did, did you, did you find these other two characters as rewarding
2: in their own ways? Did you come around to them and kind of? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I was, I would, when David was telling me about kind of what he was wanting me to do, um, I, when we, and we approached particularly the dark Cooper, the evil Cooper. Um, I think David knew I could do the Dougie. Um, do the Dougie, but the Mister C, um, he when he spoke about him to me, he got very serious and said, "You're going to have to do something very, you know, this is intense, you know." And and I could tell that that was it was it was going to be something challenging. Yeah. Um, and I was thrilled because that opportunity does not come to someone who looks like me and has done the work I've done. Right. You either have to make that happen or you have to somehow show it to them in an audition. Right. By them, I'm meaning, you know, Hollywood at large. Um, and even then, even if you show them, they're likely to acknowledge it but opt for, for the, the safe, person what we've seen. that we've seen yeah. before. So I looked at this as an incredible opportunity to do something I would never have had a chance to do. Yeah. And I took it real seriously. And David and I worked together on creating someone, an entity, a person that would be truly scry- scary, truly frightening. And that was a really, as an actor, was, was a great challenge. And uh, I, watching it, I'm pleased with how it turned out. I, I we made, we made the right, decisions and took the right steps
0: it's interesting i mean like especially this new incarnation i I would think i would say even more so than the initial two seasons uh is deliciously obtuse and mysterious and you know like yes there's some literal things and and plot that you can glean from it but like also embrace kind of the mystery embrace kind of what the unexplained like that's the, the key i think to enjoying david lynch and i guess again trusting and kind of mood and emotion uh, even more so than like plot. Um, But I'm I'm like, is that something that, that you from an acting perspective you can play? Is that challenging in in a way? You know, I mean, it's like, I would think it's in some ways it's easier. Like, okay, this character changes from a to B. He goes from this room to this room. This is like, this works in our human normal world, but Mm. there's so much in Twin peaks that doesn't really make sense. That that, that feels like is unexplainable. Um, is that present unique challenges to an actor, and especially like your director's not going to explain it? Right. I don't think you can't right. go to him and be like, "What does this mean?" He, yeah. th- that's not going to get an answer. No, I've
2: learned. I've learned over the times working with David, the less questions, the better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I really, really need to know something will I go to him. Now, before when we're during Dune, I think I, I, I wore out my welcome when I by asking so many questions. <laughs> but um, you know, the it's a mix of it's a mix of answers. One is that these places and these visions and these, what we experience, um, do make sense in that they're consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, now I can ask David exactly what it is, or I can surmise, make, make up my own kind of idea of what it is. Both work. I kind of like the idea of making up my own and, and going with it. And then if, if it's not right or off a little bit whatever David come and say think of it more like this mm. and he'll help you know kind of nudge you back to where he kind of the boundaries kind of where, you want, where he wants you to be right. Um but I but I've you know I was entrusted with Blue Velvet I was entrusted with the the journey you know it's going to be through Jeffrey's taking the audience on this journey and it's sort of the same thing with this Coop's taking the audience on this journey or Coop's should say, um, on this journey, um, so I just uh, make it real for myself and um, and concentrate really on the character and w- what the character knows or doesn't know. Part of the joy of it, of course, is that in life we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. You know, five minutes from now, we sure. have an idea. But and sort of the same thing with um, on a set with David. It's like there's a lot of the unknown, and he actually. Im- loves that and embraces and actually hopes for those happy accidents, we Mm. call them. So, and occasionally you'll get one of those and most of the time they stay in the film. Have Have you been watching along
0: with the rest of us or have you seen these episodes in advance? I've been
2: watching... Along with him. Amazing. So yeah. what
0: was it like for you to watch this past week's episode with your the long awaited kind of return of, of Coop, which again I, I it was right. like that, that that hospital scene and the goodbye to Naomi's character it was yeah. just so beautiful and, and, yeah. and, and the music kicks in right at the I mean it just it works. And yeah, like, I mean was it emotional for you as well?
2: I I mean it was great to see him back again. I felt like um I feel in some ways I feel like he's more David now David Lynch now in some ways the coop um, um, and I um, it's it's not that I'm channeling him so much but I think the David comes from such a place of love when he directs and and care and joy that I just drew from that really Mm. Um, and I think even as we're talking now I'm I'm recognizing that Coop is strongest when he is working with David Lynch Mm. um, as a director and and there's some kind of a channeling or a symbiotic thing but I pick it up from David because that's the way he is in the world and I think a lot of it is Coop as well so I I feel it resonate in David, and then I just uh, channel that somehow. Yeah. You know, and that's it, what it felt like to me.
0: It it feel it's also like a I feel like this represents like the best of like this kind of like the '90s nostalgia. You know, like we have like every like '90s show has been like re you know revamped v- and and brought mm-hmm. back and like. On one end, you got Four House. <laughs> That's fine for mm-hmm. some folks. Yeah, <laughs> we've got Twin Peaks. So, right. if nothing else, from this like this embracing of like the '90s, I'm glad it's brought uh, Twin Peaks back. And, and, and one of the, the things that I find again moving and interesting is with this passage of time is, is seeing a lot of actors um, that we that we haven't seen a lot of. Like mm. some of these other actors, like don't really act that much at all anymore. Right. And yeah. like to just th- th- to see their bodies and faces change and, yeah. and and sadly some of the the performers in this have, have passed even since shooting it i mean yeah. it, it's great to see miguel have such a, a great performance and as much as he gets to do in this he's fantastic
2: i agree
0: um, i don't really have a question except it's, right. just, it's just it's striking to me that like it's like mm-hmm. a, it's a document of the passage of time it too is. in a very no, special way no i think way. you've said
2: it in a perfect way i think there's there is an acknowledgement that we are of our own mortality, you yeah. know, with this in some ways. That, that time does move forward and we lose people. And it gives it um, a weight, not in a bad way, but just kind yeah. of a gravity, I think, or a gravitas, whatever, um, that that is acknowledged, you know, because it is years later, you know. And at the same time, you see these similar dynamics that are playing out. Yeah. And it's just like life. You know, you think about... Uh, the Everett McGill, Peggy Lipton, uh, you know, that yeah. relationship, you know, it's like, it's still going on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, he's an example of well, both actually that you don't see that much, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's too bad because they're wonderful, you know? Yeah. What, what about for, for you?
0: Like in terms of Cooper's place and Twin Peaks place in your career, like in, in the intermittent years, um, you know, are you at a different place in terms of like not accepting is the wrong word, but mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we, we alluded to this a little bit of like of typecasting and kind of like encountering that and trying to carve out a unique, different career in film. And you've certainly had some, some great work and work with some great filmmakers. We mentioned the doors, Oliver Stone also, I mean, <laughs> sure. like, like, you know, f- uh, fascinating. Right. I'm sure you have like, again, hours worth of Oliver Stone and Val Kilmer stories. <laughs> <laughs> Many. I
2: couldn't speak about right. On the, on the <laughs> I, airways. I, I, yes. <laughs> I,
0: I always I, I mention on, on yeah. this podcast my But favorite, I do love them dearly. Oh, both my God. Both of them, both of them. One of the, the, uh, my favorite plane flight I've ever taken was uh, when I happened to be city, seated next to Oliver Stone from New York to
2: L.A. Okay. And he talked my ear off in, uh-huh.
0: the, in the most fascinating, insane way. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just like...
2: No, he's an extraordinary human being. Yeah. Very interesting fellow. Very <laughs> complicated fellow. Yes, complicated might uh-huh. be the word. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, sorry, so I got
0: sidetracked. But, like, yeah. in terms of... I mean, did you ever have, like, were you ever sick of Twin Peaks or, or Agent Cooper, the way that that followed you around? And are you at a different place now? I mean...
2: I don't think I was ever sick of it. I think I, I, at the time that it happened, I think I was 29, 30 years old. And um, I was trying to, you know, build, um, build a career. And that means... Um, opportunities you know and and a definite a flexing against any kind of attempt to you know typecast or fit me into a mold or say you're this or that so I've definitely felt it at that time and made a concerted effort to try and you know do different things um which I did um to greater or lesser degrees of success or (laughs) um skill um and You know, and then you know, time goes on, and and I've had an extraordinary career, great, good fortune, and choices and decisions are made based on other things apart from just my own, you know, selfish needs, you know, and so, um, and so you. I, I was involved in a lot of really cool things. Sex and the City was really a lot of fun. Happened to be filming in New York. And right. I was there. And I just met the woman who was going to become my wife. And I said, oh, this is actually perfect. <laughs> so that worked out. And I got to work with some extraordinary people. And being in, in, in one of those shows, it's going to be around forever. Yeah. Um, sort of similar with Desperate Housewives. And so... Um, and then something like Portlandia comes along. And then Portlandia oh. comes along. And I'm like, ah. And I've never shied away from trying different things you know never I may be afraid of it but I'm like yeah let's give it a shot Mm -hmm. Uh, How I Met Your Mother was one of those I'd never done that kind of stuff before so uh, I had a great time with it Um, also worked with some terrific people but Portlandia was one of those where I signed on to something I didn't really know what it was I didn't know what we're going to shoot in Portland, but it's not Portland, and you're the mayor, and you have funny things happening. And I was like, and, wh- and who are Fred and Carrie? And they- I mean, I know who they were, but what do you do? And we play different characters, and we're going to interact. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you're all really super smart and very talented. I'm just going to trust just gonna you throw guys my, and see what happens. I'm going to throw my lot in with you. <laughs> and uh, off we went. And it just turned into be something really, really spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, there's been... Um, I think now maybe, uh, you know, the idea of, I mean, I still have the desire and drive to do different things, though. Different things, yeah. you know, and different characters and try different things. And, and, and I think with Twin Peaks now and, and playing really different, uh, people, uh, Mr. C and Dougie, um, it's certainly given whether it, it affects the outside world. I don't know, but it's given me just as an actor, the kind of the, um, strength isn't the right word, but the belief, I guess that this is something, yeah, you actually, I can do that. You know, Uh, I've always considered myself a really late bloomer, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, um, so I think maybe I'm finally like, <laughs> at this age, going okay. I think um, I'm ready to try yeah. something different. I've Got some range. <laughs> I've got some range. No, yeah. but it must be validating to see like
0: the amazing like reception that uh, I mean, there are, like think pieces every other day I'm seeing online about like both the show and and what
2: you've been yeah. Able there's to a do lot the of show. really it's nice pretty... comments about it, and 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 I think people have been inspired to write some really interesting things. I know some of the writers. Um, the new york times and i mean many many different publications are writing about it in a very thoughtful and i think kind of appreciative way yeah um that what they're witnessing here and something again new for television absolutely uh i would expect nothing less from you and david um (laughs) certainly not from david
0: (laughs) (laughs) um it's been it's been a real pleasure to catch up with you today kyle as i said um from the start i've been i've been a fan uh and, and I'm excited to... I'll be there Sunday night watching the last two hours. Great. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I hope this uh, does afford you the opportunity to do um, even more uh, disparate, random, bizarre, fantastic, different kinds of roles because you've Thank
2: certainly you. um, proven that uh, you've got that in you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, thanks again for your time today. Please. It was been really nice to talk with you. All right. Thanks, man. Cheers.